A very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Growing Dentist Podcast Show. This is Naren, your host, founder and CEO of Equa Marketing, a full-service digital marketing company. Today, I'm super excited to have with me once again, Gary Cady. You all know Gary. I'm giving you a shout out now. sorry for stepping on you saying hello. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. You um, bet. Gary, you all heard from Gary before. So um, I'm just going to give you a quick bio. Gary is the founder and CEO of Next La- Level Practice. Next Level Practice. He's a business consultant and a motivational speaker. Um, we're not going to spend too much time talking about Gary because you all know him because you've already listened to him. Uh, today, we are really, really excited to talk about, you know, how consistency, one of Dr. Robert Cellini's principles, both stands in our way as well as helps us uh, both, you know, internally, like with our teams, our patient experience, as well as externally, you know, as far as digital marketing is concerned. And I'm super excited to have this conversation with you, Gary, today. You bet. You bet. Cialdini is one of my favorites. Yeah. So let's define for those of us listening what consistency means. Can you give us an example, Gary? Like what is an example of, you know, consistency that may be standing in the way? Um. You know, the, the, the concept of consistency is an interesting topic where what we do is we don't realize that we do things in a systematic process over and over again. And then it's so interesting in that it produces a certain result. Like, for instance, in a dental practice, we'll um, ask a patient, tell me, um, what has you come in here? What is the reason for you to come in here? Is anything hurting, anything bothering you? What's underneath that is the practitioner was trained to find the chief complaint and fix it. So a consistent point that's happening in dentistry is that we're saying, is anything hurting, anything bothering you? And what that does, Naren, is that it it promotes that we deal with symptomatic issues only. And then we know that in dentistry, 95% of uh, the treatment that we do is, is asymptomatic. So, and then that perpetuates the consistency of a patient saying, do whatever my insurance covers. So the concept of consistency is an automaticity, a step-by-step process that really is, goes unexamined and then creates and perpetuates things that in dentistry we don't want to have, have happen. That's brilliant, Gary. So let me just make sure that I get it. So what you're saying is, um, as as human beings, we want to simplify our life. Like we like autopilot, right? Yep. We love autopilot. So we start something a long time ago, yep. like brushing our teeth, right? Yes. Most people don't think about brushing their teeth. They just do it, yep. right? They, they don't consciously do it. It's almost like unconscious. They wake up in the morning, they go and brush their teeth. The good news is sometimes they can be empowering us. Sometimes they can disempower us. In other words, sometimes they can even almost stand in our way. In other words, they become the reason we are suffering or they become the reason we are not as successful as we could be. Yes. Am I correct? That's correct. Yeah. So um, 
to kind of take that example, uh, it's almost like a habit now. So we just ask what's wrong, how can I help you? But without realizing it, we are feeding into this mindset, I'm a you know, fix-it dentist. Yep. And, and it now, was perpetuated by a professor that has been teaching the same way consistently in those schools that perpetuates turning out practitioners that turn out patients to be the way that they are, that turns out a whole insurance world that turns out the way that it is. Wow. So we almost um, live in our own trap, so to speak. Exactly. And when you begin to relook at your world and see, that's what I did. 22 years ago, I sat in a dental practice and I analyzed it from the eyes of a patient and a team member and sat there and said, oh my gosh, what do we actually have here? What are we actually delivering? What is the value proposition? What is the questions that we're asking? And you know, we are here in New York City uh, recording today, so apologize for the uh, ambulance going, going by here. But, um, and that, would, that probably could be avoided with that patient in that, let's take it all the way out to that. Um, when a doctor now looks, a dentist now looks into preventive care, now all of a sudden they, we could be avoiding chronic disease. You see, this is all reverse engineered that we're running practices that are, are archaic from 1950s and, and we just keep doing the same thing. We hand the keys to the next guy or gal, hand the keys to the next guy or gal, and they try to do it a little bit better, a little bit faster, a little bit more, and you can't outrun a practice. That's why we have people that hate dentistry or are frustrated by it because they're trying to outrun a business model and simple questions like, instead of asking the patient, what's bothering you, what's hurting you, asking the patient, how's your overall health? Looking at the medical history form, tying it to the whole body, the value proposition becomes larger and therefore the recurring issues that happen in a dental practice like hygiene holes, low case acceptance, uh, very poor new patient acquisition, you don't want to be better, you want to be different. And how to be different is you, you understand this concept of consistency, Naren, and get to the source, take away the fuel that keeps perpetuating the fire, and reinvent something very simple, a simple shift that causes the cascade all the way down to the darn ambulance that we just heard. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the symptom of the healthcare system, right? We fix people when they are totally gone as opposed to proactively helping them live healthy lives. Well, that's the shift that's going on right now. Um, right. You know, we, we work a lot with medical practitioners combined with dentists, and that's even beginning to happen in, in medicine as well. And it has to, because just like, you know, if you really track like steroids in baseball, for instance, like people were trying to get more, better, and faster, and then they use synthetic ways to do that until it stops. And then there has to be a new, uh, a fit more efficient way to do that. You know, and there's so many disruptions now, um, widespread automation, empowered consumers, um, unconventional competition. Uh, these are all disruptions on our dental world. And, and if, you, if you keep trying to press against these things, they're going to overcome and you need to get ahead of these things. And this is, you know, one of the keys in, in, in interrupting cons these consistent patterns that produce results that are not aligned with the practitioner or the team or the patient. Right. Yeah. I was thinking of, um, 
another example, but here consistency can play in your favor. So for example, with digital marketing, a lot of people think if you are on TV, you must know what you're talking about, whether it's true or not, that's just something they believe. Yeah. So there's a product called Doctor and Me TV where you are on TV. And of course, then the fact that you're on TV is shown on your website, on your social media, on ads. Now, without realizing it, people think you know what you're talking about and are willing to listen to you because you are on TV. In their mind, you are an expert. So now you're getting into the principle of authority and, and really, you know, leveraging consistency and authority because now people listen to you. And that's one of the biggest things that we see dentists and dental teams, especially dental teams, um, face because they're not listened to as a whole body health practitioner. And there's a way to elevate your game, like you just said, from the marketing that you just provided to actually how you present cases chair side. We call it the uh, four P's. The first P is your position. So you can say... Um, I know you've come to us forever, and what our position is is that we're a complete health practitioner. Then the second P is the pleasing benefit. Then you say, um, what this means to you is not only are we going to help you get healthy in your smile, but we're going to help you be you know, healthy in your overall health and wellness and help you live a longer, more productive life. Then the third P is the proof story. Um, let me tell you about George. George is 94 years old. He had a similar situation. He had, uh, his grandfather died of pancreatic, pancreatic cancer. He had pancreatitis. George also had, um, you know, uh, periodontal disease. And so what we did with George was we took George and now George, and we cleaned below his gum lines. He got healthy in his mouth. George started getting fit, started losing some weight. And now George is now He's 96 years old and George is living. He still drives. He goes to work. It's amazing. And then the fourth P is permission. Do I have permission to share with you um, how we can, um, you know, do the same thing for you that we did for George? And then we have a whole patient education system. So the four P's plus the external marketing that you just described is, you know, amazing. Exactly. That's awesome. That's an amazing. So what are the four P's again, uh, Gary? Four, P, four P's is your position. See, if you don't elevate your position to the patient, they look at you as just an assistant. By the way, our assistants are not just assistants. They're ninjas, Naren, ninjas. And that's an acronym for no, I'm not just an assistant. Right. It's awesome when somebody goes to work and they have swag and they're, they're a part of Ninja Nation. Now all of a sudden they have the self-esteem to go out and educate patients, right? So they now they say, you know, I know you've been coming here and I just want you to know that we've taken on a position and you state your position as a complete health practitioner. That what this means to you is, and then you speak to benefit, is that we're helping our patients live longer, more productive, healthier lives. Let me tell you a story. And then you have your proof stories. And we have four of those usually with each person so that they can share a real life story and bring it to life for the patient. And then, then they use the permission statement. What, you know, may I have permission yeah. to share this with you. And if they say no, by the way, they're not going to say no because you set up the listening so that now you can have the speaking and you're granted the speaking. And now all of a sudden you can go right into, you know, intro all pictures, you know, um, health history form. Uh, we have something called the five step healthy patient blueprint. Um, you know, and so on. Yeah, I mean, even the position, I mean, even, you know, the NINJA acronym for dental assistance, you're leveraging consistency, right? It's really, 
changing the mindset of the assistant. I'm just an assistant to, I'm a ninja. You know, I'm the one who the patient listens to. I'm the one who, you know, guides the patient into victory, so to speak. Yes, and you nailed it, Naren. That's why I love partying with you on these podcasts. Partying with Naren on the podcast. Listen, you nailed it because if you don't shift the context and have them relate to themselves newly, you're not going to change consistent behaviors. And everyone, Naren, is trying to change the the tactics or the content that they're delivering. But if you don't change the context first, you can't get consistency because then see the lowest level of a team member is telling people what to do and how to act. That's why practices don't expand because you have to do more than that. It's not just telling people how to act. It's how to act and think, how to act and think, how to be creative, how to generate yourselves, giving people the context and then the framework to actually deliver a process consistently over and over again. And another thing that brings consistency is what we call the triple win, bonusing your team member on a daily basis equal to what you want to do per day, per month, per year. And when you break it down to that small increment by position, that's another leverage point to keep consistency in place. Yeah, consistency is created with wins. You know, we have something called, you know, positive wins. So where we talk about what are the wins today, because the more we win, the more we become consistent with that behavior. Exactly. We call them Scooby Snacks, Darren. Mm-hmm. Scooby Snacks. But that was a bad, that was a bad Scooby. But for those of you that love Scooby-Doo, when you get a Scooby snack at the end of each day, it's like Pavlov's dog. You're rewarding the behaviors that you want. So often in a dental practice, when we do a culture survey, Naren, what's happening is the doctor or the team leader are telling people what they're doing wrong and that's all they relate to. You know, this is really important with emerging generations. You know, I, I used to coach a baseball team and it was like, you're, hey, get on the bench, you're not hustling. Now parents come out and go, um, can you just be a little nicer and kinder to um, my, my little baseball player? It's like you, some schools you can't say fail anymore, right. right? So all that negative behavior societally is shifting. And so you have to reward positive behavior to get the result. Sort of like when my son comes home, he gets five A's, two B's, and one C. He thinks I'm going to harp on the C. I'm just going to acknowledge the five A's. And now he knows. And he goes, Dad, why aren't you looking at my C? I go, you know what to do. Right. And that brings consistency. Right. From a positive standpoint. Mm-hmm. And you said the more we dig into the negative stuff, right? When we make them wrong, they get defensive. Now they don't even have the opening to want to change. Exactly. And then you end up with people who show up for work, but they quit and they stayed. So they show up for work and all they did was they really quit, but they're staying out of obligation. And you can never build a practice, Naren, and build consistency because they're angry and they're resentful. And resentment is reliving emotional scars and pains over and over again. And the whole concept of you do that to me, I'll do that to you. You don't do this for me. You don't give me a review. I don't do this for you. And that also is a, um, another um, influencer in bringing consistency or inconsistency to a practice. Right, right. Um, so coming back to the overall Cialdini principles, like you said, it's all shortcuts. Like we as humans love shortcuts. So one of the other shortcuts we have is uh, you used to prove, right? You talk about, uh, you know, like, hey, this is what happened to, 
Joe who had pancreatic cancer and so forth. So you are, for human beings, when, we, when, there, when there is a story about somebody else who has been through something that you know, might be relevant to you, now it becomes true. So reviews, for example, is the same thing. When other people say your practice is friendly and you know, um, everybody cares about me and I see that on reviews, for me now that's real even before I show up. Yeah, it's so, insane. Yeah. yeah. So for human beings, what other people think is, becomes true. Again, it's just, it's all these shortcuts we have. Yeah, I was, I was watching this comedian, uh, this guy, Vinny, I don't know what his first name is, uh, Matascalco or something like that, this guy from Chicago. He's like, who the heck has an hour to spend after you're digesting your food to write a review, <laughs> right? He goes, who are these people? It was really funny, but guess what? When I go, when I want to get, go to a restaurant, my research is all done on reviews on open table. That is like my go-to number one. Then I'll go to Zagat and cross reference. If it's like a serious dinner that I got to go to, but I'm really relying on my other brothers and sisters on how that goes. And you're, you know, the master at external marketing and I'm the master at internal marketing. So you can, you know, get that, all those reviews done in a, in a powerful, succinct, consistent way. And then, you know, what we do is the uh, inside the four walls is getting the team on board, delivering consistency as well. Absolutely. And um, talking about the way we do it is, um, you know, it's again, leveraging consistency. Like for example, uh, you know, one of the challenges we faced when it comes to getting reviews is shifting the behavior of the team members, right? So yes. we suggest that the doctor kind of leads by example. So for example, uh, you came in for gum treatment. So I, as a doctor, have a conversation with you. Hey, how are your gums doing? Oh, they're doing awesome, doc. Thanks a lot. You know, my mom has, you know, diabetes or, you know, cholesterol. And I know gum disease is linked to, you know, heart disease. So I really appreciate what you did for me, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm thanking the doctor and doctor says something like, Hey, do you mind if I send you a quick text? Can you write a review for me? Now what yeah. that does is the team member watches it and they're like, yeah, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Right? So we sometimes model others. So if you want to kind of shift the behavior of the team members, you can use consistency where you are kind of being consistent with the behavior you want. A lot of doctors will preach to people, right? They don't actually do it. Like, I mean, you know, kids, right? Anybody who's a parent, Try telling your kids to put, up their, put, away, put away their shoes, but you don't do it. It never yeah. works. Well, we had the conversation last night. My son was caught swearing. And he's like, well, you do it. <laughs> and I said, I've earned the right. No. <laughs> no. And I said, you're 100% right. You know, we, our definition here at Next Level is you go first. So whatever you model, you know, is going to be uh, that. And, you know, I'm not proud of my swearing. I just, you know, sometimes I watch the Yankees, Naren, and I'm, you know, I get mad at the TV about how the baseball game's going or football. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to say I do swear. But, you know, I pay, I put $20 in the till. But my son brought it up. It's like, and it's the same as your team. You yeah. know, you go first. If you want, if you want to, um, your, your patient, your patients to pay your bills. If you don't pay your bills on time, you're not going to. If you want your patients to show up on time, if you don't, they're, they're not going to. So it, it all goes back to very simple, like what you'll put out in the universe is going to come back to you. And the reason is, is because you can't hold somebody accountable for something you don't do yourself. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect about being on time. Right. I just have the intention about being on time and I'm either on time and then I'm there or I'm not. And I acknowledge that I didn't show up on time. And now I have trust 
always. That's called keeping and honoring your word. And that also brings consistency. We have a distinction at Next Level that I invented called MBA or management by agreement. And for those people that um, are challenged by not having consistency, how you build it is you build a culture of agreements. And that's where the team understands that um, we don't manage by emotion, we manage by fact. And the facts are who's going to do it, what are you going to do, and by when will you get it done, who, what, and by when. And then the person managing this to build that consistency is the team leader. The team leader is the curator of agreements. And, uh, and then we have a whole system that if somebody continually breaks agreements, um, how to deal with that. That's called the eight systems. I, I asked you insist, I demand and enforce and suspend, and that escalation. So now we have a culture of, you know, there has to be some consequences if people are not following through and it's escalating up in a gradient. But now we have, that's the tool that is the all mother of tools to bring consistency to a dental team. Right. And I think, I mean, it's like, first you have to model it and then they will follow you. If you don't model it, but you preach at them, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. There's you, a, yep. I'm sorry. And, Go ahead. And, and then also um, in this particular example, then they celebrate. So if they set a goal, we're going to do one review, uh, one text a, a day and they get 30. We, we, they talk about it in their daily huddles and then they celebrate at the end of the month. They go out for dinner or do something. It's not about the reward. It's just the fact that you are reinforcing consistency by following up, checking in. Like I think you call it a uh, what's a uh, MBA, right? So MBA management by agreement. And then we have it go viral inside the business because you know email is way too slow. So we set up a WhatsApp group chat for the team, and we're sharing all the wins during the day. We're sharing if you got a, you know, we share one of the things that the patient says. So. It allows for a group chat and then agreements also go through the WhatsApp system. And it's just beautiful because now you have a history and a text history and you can look back and, you know, it's just fast. Um, so it really works beautifully. I mean, what the WhatsApp is doing is creating social proof. It's saying that, hey, it's not a big deal. I can do this too. Somebody else did it. Well, that's it. And because what was happening in a dental practice, like maybe the assistant was doing it and then the hygienist sees it and they go, hey, Oh, that just reminded me because everybody has good intentions. It just doesn't go viral and you got to keep it alive. And when you do that in WhatsApp, um, you got the social proof going in. It's a beautiful system. That's amazing. Yep, simple. Yes. Consistency is, is very, very powerful. Um, One of my favorite consistencies, can I give you a little, like it just, it just, it just creeped up. You ready, you ready for um, a consistent um, situation that perpetuates a patient um, just coming through the hygiene department and never saying yes to that crown for six years. You want to give, want me to give you that one? Yeah, absolutely. That, oh, it's my favorite it. one. This is one of my favorites. So this is the way here, here's consistency being built in a dental practice. Go to the morning huddle and everybody walks in they go, John's coming in today. And I just goes, I've been talking to freaking John forever about it. <laughs> number 19 john's not going to do it today and then in the background it's a country western song john's not going to do it because his truck broke down his dog died his his 401k is a 201k and he drank too much beer and he's hung over today so john's not going to do that crown you know so i don't know i i guess i thought that would be a lot funnier Naren. i thought you'd be laughing <laughs> right now, so, um we should, I don't know, we should cut it out, leave it in, just because maybe we have some country Western folk out there that might really laugh at that. But anyway, I think I'm funny in my own head. My wife doesn't think so. But anyway, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But here's what happens. So in the morning huddle, you can talk about social proof. We're, at, we're, we're keeping John in the same spot. 
because you're saying how it's going to go. So your intention sets that. And it's only because you have proof that John said no. And what I'm saying is our beliefs, we talked about beliefs and I want to get into beliefs and we call it a filter. A filter is your belief that, that, that no matter what's going on with the other person, you manifest and interpret what's going on with that person even before that person gets there. So the filter for John is he's not going to do the crown. I've tried it forever. He doesn't have any money. Um, why, you know, he's not going to do it now. So I'll just, you know, have a conversation with him. And this is how the conversation manifests after the huddle. Hey, John, good to see you. The last time we were in, we talked about that crown. So stop right there. Let's, let's, let's go back and, and, and highlight this. The last time you were in, we talked about that crown. Here's what John hears. Yeah, and nothing hurts me, so I'm completely fine. You're doing it for your reason. You're trying to sell me a crown. That's like you always do. Nothing hurts me. And that, that consistency of going to the huddle with the way you go to the huddle and that consistency of saying the last time you're in, we spoke about bringing the past into the future. See, people invest in a better future. If John doesn't know why he should have that crown done in a new unit of time tied to why John wants to buy it, not because why you want to give it to him, now all of a sudden you have a chance, and I can't tell you how we interrupt old patterns. And this is where you want to break consistency. You want to break consistency from these knee-jerk things that we do in dentistry where we bring the past into the present. The patient buys a better future, and they don't know why investing in a crown for a thousand bucks right now is going to make a difference for a better future. But if now, if you talk to John and John's 56 years old and his dad uh, just passed away from a heart attack and you read his um, medical history form and you see, you know, he's got um, all kinds of complications. He's taking medication and John all of a sudden emotionally Naren is looking at and relating to health in a different way because he just lost a parent. And I don't know about you, but like, I don't want to turn out like my mom or dad because I know that I, it's just a matter of time until I do. And so if you have a new conversation about how the health of the mouth is equal to the health of the body, especially um, heart attacks, or we now have science that show one and two heart attacks are triggered by um, oral infection. Now, all of a sudden, John's listening in a brand new way and now has a problem in the present that he wants to fix in the future. That's brilliant. So it all depends on how you shift the context, right? So I'll give you another example. I was talking to one of my clients and uh, we listened to calls and we were kind of, you know, noticing certain patterns. So we had this conversation and the client said, we are really, really struggling and we don't know why. So we kind of dug a little bit deep and they're in California and the part where they are, there's a lot of bumper stickers called resist. Of course, it's Trump resist, right? Yeah. And, um, we kind of dug a little bit deep and we noticed a lot of the patients coming in were coming in with that resist mindset. They don't stop say that's what they're feeling, but they just have this resist mindset. Yeah. And, um, and even something as simple as, hey, can you please update the patient information form, upset some of these people to a point where they quit the practice and go write some nasty reviews. Yeah. So we were brainstorming and we said, okay, let's start with the word for each patient. Okay. He likes gardening. So in the huddle, you say gardening. And then the, the, the young people who are not familiar with how to build rapport now know that, Hey, I need to talk about gardening with John. Yeah. So you chit chat with John about gardening. He loves it. He's your friend liking, right? We like people who are interested in us. One of children is principals. 
Yep. Now John is excited. John is talking to me. Now what, what, what we brainstormed is, hey, can we say something like this to John? Hey, John, um, as you know, Dr. Smith really cares about your overall health. We were going through your medical history and we noticed we haven't updated in a couple of years. We want to make sure it's up to date. Can we spend a couple of minutes updating this information? John now is open to listening because he likes me. Now we are repositioning him from whatever his mindset is, like, you know, maybe insurance or, you know, my insurance doesn't pay for me, or in this case, resist, 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 to, hey, let's work on our health together, right? And not only that, now I think my friend, Dr. Smith, is really about me, not about what, what he wants to sell me, right? Now yeah. I'm sitting with Dr. Smith and helping him, you know, update his medical information. Now, without realizing it, I have given Dr. Smith permission to help me with my health. That's right. That's right. Wow, it's brilliant. I love that, Naren. That is really, you know, it prompted, prompted me to think like, you know, not only are consistent things happening um, inside of the practice or for marketing, but things happening societally um, that are causing the behaviors and, and, and items that are happening inside our dental practices. Right. And the problem is because they're unsaid, nobody says I'm resisting you right now. We don't yeah. see it. Exactly. It's like a blind spot and, and we just get hammered by it. It's brilliant. It's sort of like people come into dental practices because they go into medical practices and they're running late and they only take what insurance covers. And meanwhile, dentistry is very, very different, but we get, you know, mapped into all of healthcare. And, you know, not, not, not only that, when, when you see what's going on, um, you know, in, in terms of automation, in terms of emerging generations, um, they're not comparing a dental practice to another dentist. They're comparing it to as fast as like open table and the speed and, and all that stuff. They, we want all of our business to run, you know, similarly to the um, automation that's happening around. So, you know, that's also another thing that is, is actually like right, what I'm seeing right now is we're automating an entire dental practice. Imagine running the entire practice from your phone. We have an app that plugs into Dentrix Eaglesoft and Open Dental. And then we have an automated training system. We have an automated marketing system that does social media newsletters, et cetera. Um, we do webinars for dentists uh, and their hygienists. They can, they can market that all done for you. And they don't have to think anymore. So, you know, we're seeing, I just finished my book, Dentistry for Millennials. And, and this is how they want their life to run because the rest of their life runs this way. So consistency even happens in dental practice management as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the things um, we are noticing is a lot of people are on smartphones, right? So uh, they don't want to call anymore because they are multitasking on their smartphone. So we introduced a software where people can text you right from their smartphones. So instead of saying, hey, I'll call you back tomorrow. Now they text me right now. And as far as the practice is concerned, it's just a lead, you know, another form of getting a lead. But if you don't enable that feature because they're used to texting for everything, you're going to lose out some patients who like, you know, the idea of communicating with you without talking to you. Yeah, we, we did. We worked with the Global Center, um, the study of the Global Center uh, in uh, it's an Australian and UK study. And they broke down baby boomers, Gen X and millennials, Gen Y. And it's so interesting, like baby boomers don't want web chat. They're like 7.4%. Whereas a millennial, 24%, that's the only way they're going to um, work with you is if you have a web chat. You know, same is true with social media. Baby boomers at 
millennials at 23. Moreover, um, you, like we're in what I call the bridge, the bridge generation, because baby boomers, 64% of the time want to be on the phone. Millennials, 12. You know, like I always tell my team, did you speak to that doctor on the phone? They go, no. They go, yeah, I spoke to him. I texted him. <laughs> so, you know, you need to, we're, we're in a very unique position with emerging generations. You still need to serve the baby boomer, but you also need to serve the millennials. So web chat, social media, email, texting, phone, um, all need to be understood. And a practice needs to uh, adopt and adapt to um, where they're going. Because if you don't offer a web chat, for instance, you're not going to attract if you go to a website and, and I'm a millennial and you don't offer web chat, you're dead. You know, it's not going to, you know, they're not going to interact with you. Absolutely. You, you, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, our most successful product, you know, in the last couple of years is called Off Our Patients. And it's a chat bot that's driven by artificial intelligence that talks to the patients and gets them to talk back, which is give their name and cell phone number and, you know, email address. And, Doctors love it and patients love it. It's unbelievable. Like I have one doctor who gets 130 leads a month, um, you know, every single month from this. And the reason is you're right. There's a whole generation of people that, that are more comfortable talking to a, a chat versus, you know, a real person on the phone. Like, I, I don't know if you noticed this. If you give millennials a choice at standing in line at McDonald's versus, you know, inputting what they want at a kiosk, they will line up behind the kiosk than talking to a person. No doubt about it. No, and by the way, this all got started because my son's uh, on the autism spectrum by kids that have uh, neurodiverse thinking that are socially, um, they're not strong socially. So, you know, Zuckerberg and all the guys at Twitter, all these guys where like a baby boomer, our brains are trained to talk to a human being. But the next generation, there's a lot of neurodiversity, and this was the source of why they created a lot of these uh, social medias and this um, interaction that doesn't involve face-to-face -face interaction. So baby boomers are looking at this going, the world is ending, and the millennials are going, hey, this is great. My son goes on house party on his app, and like he's awesome. You know, in the past, when I was a kid, we had CB radio. So I had to learn how to be a millennial. I got my millennial card from Millennial International so that I can be in the bubble and in the world of all this stuff, Naren, so that I could be relevant and bring wisdom, long, many years of wisdom and dental practice development combined with a delivery system that understands today's uh, current marketplace. Let me ask you this. Aren't millennials the largest generation right now? Already? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They have the highest discretionary income. They're um, over 50% of the workers in dental practice. That's why I wrote my book, Dentistry for Millennials, because I spent three years studying the emerging generations that are happening. Um, and it's insane. If you don't know how to create a culture for millennials, what you're going to be doing is, and I see this everywhere, Naren, um, the old school um, team members want to eat the, no, I don't, I don't say eat, but they, they, they want to like, you know, get rid of the youngsters because they want to automate everything. The old school baby boomers don't want anything automated. So a lot of software companies come to us on how to integrate software because, and we've done it beautifully. That's why we have GabeWorks because we have a millennial that is um, a trusted servant by 
both baby boomers and millennials to willingly embrace technology and automation because if you don't know how to do that effectively, there is no way that the old school, they because in the back of their mind, the reason why they don't adopt technology is because in their mind, they think they're going to lose their job. So there's a scarcity there that comes out. And if you don't understand how to empower that person and remove the fear, um, you're going to not get adoption into uh, all these softwares. And we've seen it. A lot, of, a lot of the major companies in dentistry come to us because we're the best in the world at creating happy teams that implement sustainable results. And we understand that the team member is playing not to lose their job and the doctor is playing to win the game. They're playing football on a golf course and it doesn't work. So we know how to you know, leverage the playing field to bring consistency, like we're talking about here, and utilize and leverage all the technology and automation that's available and get the embraced buy-in by the team. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I think we need to wrap up. We had a wonderful chat today, Gary. Um, from me, the final thoughts are, you know, understand consistency and definitely tap into what you can tap into. We talked about texting, you know, chatting. Those are things that people already expect. So make sure you're not left behind, especially given that millennials is a large generation. Or things like we talked about, you know, being on TV, you know, tap into that. If people think anybody on TV is important, hey, make sure that A, you are on TV and B, people know that you are on TV. Um, you know, we also talked about, um, you know, how the, the leader can lead by example, right? You know, if you lead by example, now it creates consistency. Your people will follow you. So, Gary, why don't you share your final thoughts and let's wrap this call up. Well, first of all, it, it's a privilege and pleasure to, to play tennis with you at this podcast and just hit the ball back and forth. It was just amazing. One of my favorite things to do with one of my favorite people. So thank you for the privilege of this time. And I, you know, I just want to leave you with this, you know, the Lincoln monument, um, there's a real true story about a link, the Lincoln monument where they were getting bird poo on the side of the, the Lincoln monument and they would pressure wash it every day, do it every day, pressure wash the Lincoln monument. And then finally they brought a bird expert in and said, Hey, let's stop pressure washing. Let's find out why we have birds coming that drop, you know, the dew, the poo. And then they go, well, you don't have a bird problem. You have an insect problem. So they bring the insect expert. He looks around all of a sudden. He's like, you don't have an insect problem. You have a drainage problem because there's no drainage. We have moisture. And the pressure washing perpetuates the moisture on the roof every day. And you just have a cycle that's going over and over again. And I use that metaphor because that's what I believe is going on in dentistry. You know, we're perpetuating the problems that we have and interrupting them from interrupting consistency allows for a new outcome working smarter, not harder, and allows you to get your patients healthier, make more money, have more time. We call it health, wealth, and space for practitioners, patients, and team members. So with that, I'm very grateful that I had this time with you, and I hope I made a difference today. Thank you very much, Gary. You absolutely did. And I really, really enjoyed our time together. It's so much fun just going back and forth and just, you know, uh, playing in the game of life. So thank you for that, Gary. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Good night. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you love this podcast, please share it on social media. Please write a review for us. Of course, uh, we'll include Gary's contact information so you can reach out to him if you have any questions on practice management or Gabe works or many of the things he does. Uh, if you have any questions on digital marketing, reach out to us. 
my personal email is naren n-a-r-e-n at ekwa.com uh, and of course um, uh, you know share this podcast if you learned anything from this make sure your friends learn it too have a wonderful day everyone